now it's time for some midweek thoughts. Yep. Yep. Hey there, John. Hey. How you doing? We should totally record a whole podcast in our best. I don't want to be a stereotypical um, say who talks exactly like this, Tim. Um, but whoever it might be, we could just talk like them. We ain't like them city folk. We you the- went there. You saying city folk can't talk like this? What about them Beverly Hillbillies? <laughs> they're Beverly Hills. But they're not named Billy. Mm, that's a good point. Hey, everybody. I can't keep that up. <laughs> I can. <laughs> All day long. Just like my tattoo says. You sound like uh, the water boy. <laughs> Like the one guy in the water bowl that has like the frog in his throat. I don't know. Anyway, so midweek thoughts. We are talking today about inspiration and t- I guess taking the good from the bad, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm being very inspirational and creative this morning with my voice and my vocal talents. You could be a voice actor. <laughs> You know, if I'm around someone long enough, I'll begin to talk like that person. Have you ever watched... A new, you know, I, I have all these office references. And every time I want to say an office reference, you won't get it. I won't know because I'm unfamiliar. Like, is this an office here? <laughs> There's stuff in here, like books and stuff. But I ain't used to that. I'm used to just pigs and troughs. So, we're talking about inspiration, and I was talking to John yesterday about... Are you annoyed with me yet? No. Because I'm still talking like this? You do, hey, whatever you want to do, this is just <laughs> as much as your podcast as it is mine. I was talking to John yesterday about how it's hard for me to create in any capacity whenever things are going really well for me, and I find that so strange. You'd think that if life was smooth sailing, I would have more brain space to... to do all those things. Um, like for example, last year was an amazing year, but also kind of like a weird year, but it was for the most part, like a really amazing year. And I maybe wrote like two or three songs. And just to put it into perspective, this year has been like the complete yin and yang this year, literally like from the get go has been like an incredibly hard year. And, and doing that, and experiencing this year, I've put out three albums, <laughs> and I literally just finished writing the 15th song to my fourth album. So, and I, I literally have like four more albums in me if I had just had the time to write them this year. And I think it's because there's just so much pain, and which is nice <laughs> that I have a well to draw from, but it's also torture, and it's I guess it's the curse of being an artist. Can you relate to any of this, John? Absolutely. We are. Sitting- oh, John, you're back. Sorry, <laughs> I was going to keep going, but we really shifted into a more a more serious. Tim's well, I, this- I can't tackle this with that that accent. <laughs> Tim's got this well of pain and torture that <laughs> he's keeping inside of himself, and I'm over here. I just can't like get my. And- I can't get my cattle to get into the farm. Is that kind of what you're saying, Tim? Um, yeah, I don't understand like why you can have all this time to be upset and, and in turmoil. Like, and I'm out there. I got no time to even think about that because I got all these, these critters I need to take care of out on the farm, and and then just you need to get busy, son. <laughs> So you're saying right. that I'm not busy enough no. and I have too much time on my you're hands. You're lazy. You need to get doing stuff. <laughs> wow. Uh, anyway, sorry. <laughs> um, I mean, that's kind of true. Um, no, I know. It's... But it, to, over a simplification, obviously, um, 
Oh, that's a really good point though. Uh, <laughs> where was I? Yeah. This room it was basically, it's basically a byproduct of my depression, anxiety, um, 2015 16 um really rough time i whatever spawned it or whatever just i was in really i'm gonna use a word tumultuous tumultuous oh uh, tumultuous yeah state of mind and um wasn't making good decisions i mean i was i was running a lot that year ran a lot that year um several marathons several half marathons all in a summer and um ended up going to a festival in North Carolina, Wild Goose Festival, had an amazing experience there. And on the way home, my, well, not on the way home, but like recently, my great grandmother had died. She left us a little bit of money to, well, because she died. So I had this like epiphany on the way home. I need to make a studio. I want to create music again. I want to write. So I got home and got started building this studio here in my garage uh realized we didn't use the garage so I built studio got a computer um started writing music i wrote music all the time i was creating music like crazy nothing for sale but just for fun mm-hmm. um and i enjoyed it and then i started writing every day in 2016 i would get up i would get up at 5 30 every day and i wrote every day for like 450 days um straight and then i just stopped one day um and I just don't sometimes lately, like I, like I said, I'm, I'm feeling much better, like mentally. And that bug to create music or write has kind of like waned and disappeared. Uh, and I'm not upset by that. Mm-hmm. That just kind of it follows along with like your narrative, too. Like when times are good, that creative bug just kind of it's not there. Mm-hmm. But then when things get bad and we start feeling bad like all of a sudden there's this this urge to create um and do things i actually read a study this morning a little bit of one that said that like creative people are more prone to mood disorders but mood disorders don't necessarily lead to creativity huh um, which i thought was it which i thought was interesting and they said like the creative type sees the world and all it could be yes that's very true right so when we observe anything mm-hmm. we don't just see it for what it is we see it for what it is and then we see it for what it could be and we whereas, story of my life <laughs> right whereas the non-creative person just kind of sees things from like they'll do things based on like well what did somebody tell me to do i'll do that mm-hmm. and it's very much they'll follow the book follow the rules do all of the things and the creative person might not always follow that same path which then leads them more vulnerable to those depressive thoughts, those, those mood disorders that they talk about. And I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. I mean, I completely relate with that. I rarely ever look at things for how they are <laughs> because I'm always like, I look at something and I think, oh, that could be like this. Or I'm always trying to make something out of something. Like mm-hmm. the turn signal when I'm turning, I turn that into a beat. Whenever mm-hmm. like I hear someone walking, that becomes you ever like try a to drum match loop. it up with the car in front of you? Oh, too, yeah, dude. Running? Yeah. <laughs> like, Something is always something. Mm-hmm. And a thing I've been learning in therapy is sometimes things just don't have a, sometimes things just are. They just are. Yeah. And there's a lot of peace in that. And you don't need to dissect things sometimes. Like, um, you know, we, this is a very common theme in our podcast now, but 
Emotions are like the weather. They come and go. Like We don't need to pick apart every single thought that comes into our brain. Sometimes that's just your brain storing information. And so I think whenever I'm having those good times, I'm not as introspective. I'm not as in tune with things because there's harmony in, the, in those moments and I don't really have to. But so maybe the one is the, uh, it's hard. Cause like, like whenever, I, okay. So the predominantly great thing that happened last year was I was dating someone and she made me so happy. And like, I want, like I had like this overwhelming sense of like love in me. And, you know, we, I, I talked about, like, you know, I'm going to write songs for you and stuff like that. But there was just so much occupying my brain space. And maybe it was like, you know, whenever you first start dating someone, it's like the honeymoon. Your brain, it's hard to process much of anything else because you're just so like, infatuated with the thought of this person. So maybe mm-hmm. not enough time went by. But and either way, um, I think some of the best and most helpful songs in, were written out of pain you know i i'm thinking of like there's some like reliant k songs he was like engaged to a girl and he wrote all these songs that were like we could get jersey or like we should get jerseys because we make a good team and he has all these songs like this is the best thing the best thing that could be happening and he has like this whole album that's about like these happy times with this girl and immediately the very next album this girl leaves him and it's like the most like depressive album ever <laughs> and um it's just but that album is like that GSF album, like, baby GSF that, oh yeah dude MXPX yeah but what I'm getting at is like that album the happy album it's fun to listen to but I feel like the one that pulls on your heart is the one that where it hurts yeah Reliant K they wrote a lot of happy upbeat just songs mm-hmm. I mean I'm sure there's a lot out there mm-hmm. um, but it would be interesting to go through just music and just get a tally of how many happy songs are there people just writing about happy go lucky things like sadie hawkins dances and like <laughs> khaki pants the lions and stuff like that yeah like, um it, and then how many songs are just from a a dark place a, place a dark hurt, memory yeah. a place of hurt um well i, I think yeah. about, i think to my life i think the times when i've put out albums or put out books or had these what I would call stepping stones in my creative path have always come directly after a dark time. Mm-hmm. So the, whenever I would leave, a, uh, whenever I'd move to somewhere, something huge would happen and then there'd be kind of like a lull and then something big would happen in my life and I would push and I'd write a book in three months. I'd put it out all with, and like, you know, yeah, a couple months. And then there was a giant lull where I was like coasting then. Mm-hmm. And then the bug kind of got stirred again and it kind of ties into what the subtle art of not giving an F book talks about where um, there is really no such thing as just like a constant stream of happiness. I think there's an ebb and flow where we find fulfillment and happiness by solving problems. And so we're constantly searching for this smooth, steady life, but I don't think it's ever going to happen. Yeah. It's like we, as a creative type, you see a problem you're like, oh, I want to fix that. Mm-hmm. But how should I fix that? I mean, I could fix it this way. I could fix it that way. We could do this. Whereas another non-creative type could just look and be like, okay, I'll just whatever. I'll open up Google. How do I fix this? And they'll just follow <laughs> the first thing that comes to mind. Yeah. Like, well, I could do that, but I want to try to figure out on my own first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get creative with the problem solving. Maybe in an attempt where somebody else would look, I'd be like, wow, 
That's really creative. I mean, that's you. I, I feel like you are, you're constantly tackling things in a creative different, way. Different projects. You know, I, I, you know, it's interesting. Like running was one for me too. I knew when I would get into a, a depressed, you know, state or just kind of a foul mood, running would help. Mm-hmm. And there's mechanisms behind that. There's science behind that. That yeah, running does help endorphins, things like that. Um, but it got to a point where I didn't want to run to feel good. Like I didn't want to use running as that drug, you know. So mm-hmm. like I'd feel like I know running will help, but I don't want running to be that. I want to run because I enjoy running, mm-hmm. not because it makes me feel better. Um, I know in the same way, a cold shower snaps you out of a funk. It does. Um, if you don't, if anybody doesn't believe me, try it. Um, if you're feeling down, depressed, you're not quite sure why, dump a bucket of cold water on your head. I guarantee you, it'll just it'll shift your attention away from how you were feeling. Hmm. Um, there's and there's mechanisms behind that too. I think that it's all in the cortisol response, the fight or flight. You know, if I'm running down a trail and there's a snake in the middle of the trail, like I will. When I realize what's happening, I'll be in a tree, and then I'll realize, oh, why am I? There's a snake. That's why I'm in a tree. Like my body literally takes over. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't see the snake. Stop. Evaluate what I'm going to do with the snake because in my mind, I'm legit. I don't want anything to do with them. Mm-hmm. So my fight or flight takes over. You know, so that's 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 our bodies. Like that's what our brains do, which is really good. Tying this back in, I think that's why some people cut themselves. Mm. Is because they know, okay, listen, I'm in a super deep, dark place right now. If I cut myself, it's going to take me out of that. And it's not because they enjoy. I'm not speaking as an expert on this. I'm speaking as how I kind of see it. There are some that might literally enjoy cutting themselves. But I also know like that pain, your body can't experience physical pain and emotional pain at the same time. Yeah. So when you experience physical pain, something physical, it'll override the emotional. And it'll kind of snap you out of it for mm-hmm. a minute. Um, and then we can grow to become addicted to those things that take us out of our emotional pain. Yeah, well, that's a good segue into what I was going to say is I know someone who runs and they ran for therapy in a sense. So, and I would say initially that's a really great form oh, of therapy. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. So, but the problem then is they become this person who is constantly running from their problems and they don't really ever face it. And time goes on and time goes on and time goes on and you live your life and you become an old man and you can't really run anymore and you now don't know how to cope with what's happening. So like, you know, for me, I say I write songs as therapy and it is true. I get to actually literally put words behind my thoughts and I get to put a song behind it and I get to have that to put on a shelf and I can I can touch base with that song at any time for the rest of my life. But that still isn't like it's it's not the same as like literally seeing a therapist <laughs> and talking to someone. You look, it's right. therapy, but it's not the same as like truthfully. Because whenever yeah. I'm writing songs, I'm wording things differently, or I might be twisting a scenario a little bit just to make it about the song. You know what I mean? Like, or I change scenarios a bit to make it not so personal. And yeah, so, you're not. It's, you're you. It's a coping mechanism. Yeah. To help you deal with the pain, but it's not getting to the root cause of like, well, why am I feeling this way? Yes. You know, so like while it's helpful, yes, it's not healing. Yes. It's only temporary healing to get you through that moment. Yes. Um, which is not a negative thing. That's a great thing that we know these things. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So yeah, totally get that. So yeah, so what I'm getting at is kind of figure out what what are the things you do whenever you uh, are feeling down. That, well, that I'll share another thing that I yeah. do. That real quick. So this is a great conversation. I feel like we're really just scratching the surface. Yeah, we can um, maybe do a part two next week. These, absolutely. Like I learned. I don't really know when it, it came about, but when I would get these huge waves of emotion, like just I didn't know what to do with it, didn't know how to handle it, probably was because I was never, I never really learned how to handle these huge waves of emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned pretty quickly, like if I broke something or I like punched a wall or a door, um, it took me out of that huge emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, so, a lot of the doors in our house are new because <laughs> I'm not saying this is good behavior, but these are, this is an example. This is me being vulnerable with people like of how we can kind of create these unhealthy coping mechanisms. Like I learned that that worked for me, mm-hmm. you know, that busting up my hand or busting up a door um, took me out of that moment. It changed my emotional state from what, what, where it was. Now it took me to a new one. He's like guilty, like, dude, you did it again. Why did you do that? Like, and then I'd fix whatever it is that I broke, or I'd throw it away, or I'd take care of it. Mm-hmm. Worked to get me out of where I was feeling. Mm-hmm. The consequences of that are when others are around me seeing that scary. Oh yeah, and they don't understand like what I'm doing. Even though in my mind I'm like I'm doing this because I need to, because my I need my drug. I need to get out of this, and it scares other people. And over time. That builds, and until you get to the root cause of why you got to that place in the first place, um, you're going to continue those negative coping mechanisms. Mm-hmm. Um, so while I don't want to vilify that coping mechanism because it probably kept me from doing anything much worse, it still wasn't exactly helpful mm-hmm. in the long run. Um, and I can gladly say, though, that those times of doing that are very, very few and far between now just for whatever reason, I can't pinpoint specifically, like, I think it's a number of different things throughout my life over the past couple of years that I've done to help shift that yeah. um, negative pattern of, of coping. Yeah. So. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing that. Cause I think that's like spot on to kind of what we're talking about here. And it, you know, someone might say, you know, people, again, we justify our coping mechanisms to work for us. You know, is it hurting you in the long run? Is it hurting others in the long run? Just kind of think about that. I wouldn't think me writing songs is hurting someone, so I'm going to keep doing it. (laughs) But, you know, punching your doors in your house, you know, you're hurting yourself. You're hurting Mm -hmm. your surroundings. You know, there's... um, I still say for me, though, I kind of enjoyed it. (laughs) There's something like, why would I keep doing it? Take up a boxing class. I learned it. But you know what's interesting? I tried different things along the way. Like, I tried getting a punching bag didn't work but the act of breaking something it did not work because it didn't hurt enough mm. and nothing broke it's funny how we solve oh. problems by creating problems like mm-hmm. for example i write these songs and now yeah i mean i you know i can just let them sit but now now that i have this product well i have this song i have this item i have this thing that is now tangible I now want to like do something with it. And then now it creates like a whole other thing. Hmm. Oh, and then the guilt sets in of like, I have this. Now what am I going to do with it? Yeah. I should put this out there for, for sale for people because they might enjoy it and I can make some money off of it. And then <laughs> the longer it just sits there, then it's like, damn it. Like there's another, there's just something I'm not doing. I'm failing at these art that I'm creating. Yeah. And I, and the only reason why that was created was because I was trying to heal from another pain. Yeah. Well, like all these doors that I, that I replace, like, 
they're not expertly installed. So then every time I see the door, I'm like, yeah, it's just, see, yeah, I'm not that good at, at putting <laughs> things like I'm okay at it, like whatever. But <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. Uh, but just kind of, I guess yeah. I would just encourage you just to be aware of, of what those things are, what they look like in your life. Are you a shopaholic? You know, uh, anything. There's a so it, it manifests itself in many ways. And not, I'm not saying you need to change yourself. Right. Like if, if you found peace in your process, do your thing. But like, yeah. be aware. Just be aware of like yeah. what, wh- why you're doing it. Cause like, yeah, John and I did talk about it. He, he asked me yesterday. He was like, would you write like, you know, say things kept going well for you. Do you enjoy writing or are you literally only using it as therapy? And that's a good question. I mean, I think I do genuinely enjoy the process, but I do know. I'm more, I'm most productive. I'm most focused. I'm most, uh, fulfilled as a human being whenever I'm writing from like that sadness. And it's so messed up because I don't want to be sad. Oh, this is interesting because we've developed over time this, I know finishing this and working on this will make me feel better. Mm-hmm. I know punching that door will make me feel better. Mm-hmm. And all we seek is feeling better. And gosh, that's not do we a bad thing. Do we seek? bad things then to in order in order to then fix it no but i think it is sometimes we we know i think ultimately we know that behavior will help us feel better mm-hmm. and we long for that gosh i need the dopamine i and we long for that mm-hmm. and again i don't think it's a bad thing i think it's just being aware of like the mechanisms at play mm-hmm. and i think when you understand the mechanisms at play then you can understand like oh okay and then when you are feeling good not feeling when you're feeling good and then wondering like, well, why am I not writing? Don't feel bad about not writing. Mm-hmm. Know that like, hey, I'll write a little bit when I want to. Mm-hmm. When it hits me, I'll write. Mm-hmm. But I don't have to feel like I have to continue this because you're very, very good at writing songs. Mm, thank you. You know, even if it comes from a, a place of hurt, mm-hmm. you're very good at that. Mm. I think a lot of people find themselves there. The thing that they use to cope, they're very, very good at. Batman, man. Batman yeah. is afraid of bats and uses bats and now he... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, people always said like the Robin Williams like was so fun. Oh, yeah. Was this such is a good. Comedian, but struggled so much with depression mm-hmm. and ended up committing suicide. And like, I can't remember, but people say like when they start taking an antidepressant or something like that, the creativity goes away. Mm-hmm. Like that, that thing that they did goes away. So it's kind of bittersweet. Cause like you're happy because you might be feeling a little bit better, but then the things that did bring you joy and others joy kind of start to wane a little bit. So it's really tricky. It's really complicated. Mm. Um, when we get into those waters and, um, I mean, mental health, creativity, all of these things tie together. Like really we could go, we'll cut it off right here just to keep mm. it at, you know, shorter midweek thoughts, but really could be a longer episode. Give it much more thought. Well, let's do on this episode this yeah. week. And if you have any comments about Absolutely. this episode that we could do a part two, I mean, yeah, part two, why not? Or if you have any stories about how you cope, what things you do and what you've recognized about yourself, good or bad, you know, send them to us, you know, ever email riff and pot at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, send them to it through our Facebook page, uh, riffing on Facebook. Um, however, just reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Um, since you hear from us yeah thanks and for listening yeah thanks for listening and also thanks to the people who are starting to give us some feedback i i noticed there's yeah. slowly but surely some more chatter happening on facebook and just like in general people you know texting us are just kind of letting us know their thoughts and it really really helps and it feels good to know that people are listening so um what if we're using this podcast <clears throat> to oh, feel good <laughs> Um, 
There's probably a small part. No, I like doing this. I can honestly say this is not one of those. I enjoy this. No, I yeah. enjoy this. I am feeling good. Yeah. I would do it. Feeling good. Feeling bad. Whatever. So, yeah. Cool. I enjoy it. So love the feedback, too. So, All right, guys. You have a great day. Great week. We will see you Thursday. Thanks for letting me hang here, guys. Peace.